And we are back with Press X, a Nintendo podcast where every single week we talk about the latest Nintendo news, uh, some other cool things happening in the video game sphere, and if there's time left over, we talk about the games that we are playing. And today, we are yet again breathless, but uh, they are here in our hearts and we love them dearly. I hope you're listening, guys, and if not, it just means we're doing something more important. All right, <laughs> I am John Frisha. Beautiful as ever. And with me is, uh, yeah, why not? Men first today. Greg Bargus. Hey. How are you doing, Greg? Tip of the hat to you, kind sir. I'm doing good. How about you? <laughs> Delightful. Thank you. And rounding out our trio today is Mary Stowe. How are you doing, Mary? I am doing good. Spectacular. Okay. Uh, we have a... Kind of a diverse slate of stories to go over today, uh, Nintendo or otherwise. This, this should be kind of fun and cool to talk about. Uh, we're starting off with Omdia Analyst says Switch 2 is launching this year with an 8-inch LCD screen. And that was via Bloomberg. Uh, I think a leaker, probably Nate the Hate, was saying maybe a couple months ago that we should expect this. So uh, not necessarily a bombshell, but... Uh, Seems like this will be the real deal. What do you think about that? Do we really think they're going to go back to LCD and not OLED? <laughs> like, is that... I mean, yeah. I think I Nintendo's don't. cheap. And LCD costs less. Yeah, but I'm I'm measuring my uh -oh. Switch right now because I'm like, how, how big of a difference is... Uh-oh. Okay, there we go. We back? Yes, I think we're back. Okay. Anyway, I'm measuring my Nintendo Switch screen as we speak because I'm like, how big of a screen difference is it? <laughs> <laughs> I it's around six inches, isn't it? Uh, yeah, six I think and the, a half uh, is the OLED. Yeah. Oh, oh, the OLED. OLED. I saw that the original was six and a half. Oh. It's oh, really? I thought it was like six point size. two or something. Which screen size? Well, what measuring like. Yeah, I think I don't. I don't know if the market is ready yeah, just for standard yeah. OLED products. I feel like everybody else is kind of dictated that this is that OLED is premium or OLED is mm -hmm. it's a premium product. And I think even Nintendo themselves started out by, you know, they have the traditional LCD screen, and then the OLED is the the premium version. Even though the consoles like the PlayStation Vita had it, you know, the generation. Ah. I was gonna make that joke <laughs> that if you want a premium handheld experience, you got to get the PlayStation Vita. Brett Medlock would say that. Yeah, <laughs> gotta but gotta be his mouthpiece. I'm so spoiled by OLED now, though that I don't want them to go back. I'm like, okay, what if they do like a dual release? Like they release both versions at the same time, which I don't think Nintendo would do. But like, I mm. love my OLED Switch. I was just playing Mario RPG uh, right before we started our recording. And like my OLED TV, I'm like, I can't go back. Everything is like so crisp and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think my TV is also LCD. So I'm just, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm used to my lower quality. So, but, uh, all right. What about this? What if, what if switch Two can project its screen to a regular switch? <laughs> oh that was uh, kind of something we floated. <laughs> I think when we were talking about the dual screen, um version or whatever oh, right. that, that would look like but right. I, I i still i mean it's hard to tell but i wonder i wonder why though 
that they would jump to something like eight inches. Maybe that was, you know, something that they were received on Maybe feedback better. <laughs> or yeah, market, you know, marketing <laughs> groups or what or whatever they did. But uh. I, I'm surprised. Maybe it's because like the the conversation around like LCDs, OLEDs, mini OLEDs, you know, QLEDs. I think that maybe the conversation's so confusing that they would just like steer clear of that and just make it like, okay, this is our device. It has an eight inch screen and then it's going to be bright. You know, they don't, they don't want to get lost in the, the, you know, the specifics of it to confuse consumers even more. They just know that, Hey, it's a really good LCD bright screen yeah. or whatever. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Cause it, it didn't actually dawn at me at first when I read it, that uh, eight inches is like rather large like yeah. It's, yeah it's like not so much like it's still portable in the literal sense but you're really getting into that tablet territory now yeah like, like eight inches it's gonna be like i guess add like a joy con or so to it so it'd be like yeah. another yeah and taller yeah the, i think the height is where i could deal with it being wider <laughs> but the height of it i'm kind of like mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, we right. are starting to get into like mini iPad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I think it probably will just be a case where we just have to see it in order to know. Mm -hmm. Like we we're not really going to be like able to visualize and wrap our heads around it till we just physically see the thing, I think. Yeah, and that so. puts it just slightly bigger than the Steam Deck OLED. The Steam Deck OLED is 7.4 inches. Ah. Okay. Yeah, right. but I I was even following a thread uh on Reddit that was talking about different monitor types response time and you know you get into the weeds about a lot of these things but like even the discussion by people in in pc building about different monitor types is like up and down like you'll get well this means this but this could also mean this well this is a much better you know traditional you know 2k displays at this and it's then you start doing like well what what is good anymore so i can see you know again going back to the point uh, maybe maybe it's just to to lessen the confusion as to what the product is and and how big the screen is and that's that's all you really need to know yeah i mean yeah that very well could be that's that's a good point that i hadn't considered so god i hope we'll find out soon uh probably won't they, yeah. <laughs> february direct well, right yeah and to be honest i don't think they're going to mention switch 2 there i think presuming that there is a february direct which seems likely like i feel like this will be the final non-switch 2 event that's just my theory yeah because i mean if we're sticking hard to 2024 holiday season they're gonna have mm -hmm. to do it soon what mm -hmm. I could see them doing, though, is at the end teasing yeah. it, and it's going to be its own direct at a later date mm. where they're only going to okay. talk about the Switch 2. Maybe yeah. it's going to be like a short presentation where it's just like the technical specs aren't even going to talk about like games coming to it or like they do like a slight teaser for a game at the end of it. that's going to be like a release game for it, but mm -hmm. I could see that happening. I think uh didn't they announce like Nintendo Switch as like its own special event that like just they just announced out of the nether? I think like the future of Nintendo come look, yada yada. I, say, I don't remember like Okay. All of I, that was I, such a blur for me. I was working yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was something like that. Maybe I'll look it up as we gab about our next topic here. But uh yeah, next topic, Power World. 
Remember that? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> flavor of the week, <laughs> trying to work on becoming flavor of the month. Uh, the Pokemon company released a statement about Pal World without naming Pal World, saying that it will, quote, investigate and take appropriate measures to address any acts that infringe on intellectual property rights, which sounds kind of scary if you don't think about it too hard. Uh, but there's kind of a bunch of theories already about where this thing came from. Uh, first of all, this is completely unprecedented, right? Like, Pokemon and Nintendo, they don't ever address anything that isn't directly inside their sphere. Like, they they yeah. act like everything else in the world is simply beneath them. Like, they are gods, and they don't deal with the, the matters of mortals. So for them to even indirectly address Pal World is rather extraordinary. Yeah, um, and I th think I yeah. saw that, like, this might have been aimed directly at the mod that added Pokemon to Pal World, and maybe okay. not Pal World itself. I'm like, I think they're still investigating actual Pal World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and as people have pointed out, like, the very first sentence in uh, the statement was, we have received many inquiries regarding another company's game released in January 2024, which in a roundabout way sounds like, stop emailing us about it. Yeah. We're aware. <laughs> we know it exists. What do you want us to say? <laughs> it, the, the statement very much has that vibe. Um, yeah. So it may not actually be like this promise of legal action it very well could just be like we know it's a thing leave us alone uh yeah. where where do you think this is headed yeah and even if it was going you know that we knew solidly that it was going to to court or anything like that it's not like they would say anything it would be, it would, it would be so tight-lipped leading into whatever court case i mean and we wouldn't see it probably for a year years yeah 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 i mean as we've already discussed a little last week like i mean there's there's so much that goes into like building a court case especially for like ip infringement like yeah uh it's 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 a lot uh maybe maybe we can invite on one of our strangely enough we have more than one video game lawyer friend how about that we have at least two <laughs> maybe we should invite one of them on someday if something gets really hot uh but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I guess but we'll see. I just peaked at Steam. So this is only from Steam. Uh, uh -huh. Almost 1.8 million peak players today. So it's still, oh. still so, going. Basically, though, it's on the verge of being a dead game. It's pretty much out <laughs> yeah, of Steam. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> like, I mean... Have, have either of you guys played? No. no. I yeah. just don't care. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have other things I'm trying to finish before Persona 3, which is this week. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a time sink. Like, I started a little bit. Uh, we played one day, and then we played again, but, you know, just to keep things moving. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll, <clears throat> if I get sucked in, and if I found myself like, oh, you could do this. Oh, you can capture this one. Oh, you can build this up at your base. I'm sure you guys will have a field day with it. And I, it's, it's, it totally like almost immediately gets you to, to just keep wanting to play more. All right. Yeah. I mean, like it has to have some sort of angle like that to its formula. If it roped in this many people and they're not just dropping out right away. Yeah. Like, I mean, 1.8 million and it's sold over 8 million. Like you're approaching like a quarter of the people who own the thing are playing it. Yeah. That's insane. Like, that's an unbelievable amount of people to be playing it simultaneously. 
Like it's just hard to fathom, but it's like they're they're just waiting for it to sell double and then be like, oh, okay, time to go to court now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they hit the magic number. Yeah, they now know exactly how much door. to sue them for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they crunched the numbers like 10 million times, da 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 da. Yeah. Do you imagine? Know. No. I like, can't. Yeah. It's like unfathomable the, the you know, you look at the the success of the Pokemon company and then, you know, Game Freak and then Nintendo and and the amount of like wires crossed in ter- in terms of like ip like designs plat oh man <laughs> i would it's figure odd. it'd be like 500 600 700 million million i i don't know i have no idea it's just when you get into these this range of numbers it's just like can you distinguish 1 million from 100 million? <laughs> Can yeah. your brain really do that? Not really. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We'll keep an eye out from week to week and we'll see how long this flavor lasts. <sighs> All right. Next up, new state of play this Wednesday, January 31st, about 40 minutes covering 15 plus games. And, uh, because of a leak, we kind of already know what a bunch of those games are, but I guess we can start by just mentioning the ones that are actually confirmed, which is Stellar Blade and Rise of the Ronin. Does anybody have any feelings about either of those games? I just remember Rise of the Ronin looked cool, but I think it's because it reminded me a lot of Ghost of Tsushima. Right? <laughs> yeah. And like and I enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Like I liked that game a lot. Yeah, so. I loved it. Yeah. I'm I'm angry that they haven't announced the sequel yet. Like yeah. I'm uh this is the one time where I'll just be a basic bitch and be like, fine, give me the cinematic trailer that shows nothing. <laughs> fine. I'll take just it. Give it to me. Just, yes. <laughs> just announce the thing. Even though I love calling it Ghost of Sequel. I just think that sounds really funny. So I can, I don't mind calling it that, but like a real name would probably be better but uh yeah so rise of the ronin is is that koei tecmo rise uh, of the ronin uh team ninja yeah yeah appropriate all these things with ninja and ronin and all that okay so <laughs> is is this it's always a good idea to look up things while you're doing the show <laughs> but uh I know, I just lost my tab. I was like, wait, where did it go? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, uh, Team Ninja is the people that did Wolong, so it might be, like, if not literally, but maybe that same vein of, like, quasi-Souls-like combat still. And I'm not really a big Souls-like guy, so I can't speak that to the way, like, one of the Bretts might. But uh, Stellar Blade... Uh, that's the game that everyone just associates with the the lady protagonist with the enormous butt. Yeah, I was like, I oh? <laughs> don't remember anything about this game. Oh, okay. <laughs> at all. Like, so it's a it's like a futuristic sci-fi action game. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like genuinely, the only two things I know about it are that it's being made in Korea. And this, like, the cool, slick-looking lady has an enormous trunk. <laughs> like, that's it. That's that's all I know. Uh, and it looks really pretty. Yeah, I remember that was part of, the, like, everybody's like, is this gameplay? This isn't gameplay. Right. 
Right. Uh, I guess it. Yeah, that's right. It used to be called Project Eve. I'd already forgotten that. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Shift Up is the developer. Yeah. The the cinematic was absolutely bonkers mm. of how like good it looked. Yeah. So I hope the real game is like kind of what those trailers showed at least. Uh, like all the screenshots. The screenshots, it's just really beautiful. Like, the lighting is sick, and, like, they position it that it, lo it sure looks like gameplay. So if it actually looks like that, well, then, awesome. Like, the light is, like, really shining nicely off of her giant robot butt, which is the only thing you can see <laughs> in these pictures. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't so If you haven't guessed, it's on John's radar now. <laughs> it wasn't before. <laughs> wait, no, no, the no, wait, I'm, I'm linking it to the two of you just to, like, like that's all people see of this game. That just enormous. But... <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the everything surrounding that enormous thing looks really pretty, though. The, like the lighting and the draw distance and all that stuff is really cool. So yeah, the character models, especially their faces. Like yeah, I think that's something that still games struggle with is is like the whole uncanny valley look or. You know, character eye animations, or even the the way their mouths mouths move when they talk and stuff. But mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, looks good. Yeah, yeah, especially I. Yeah, okay, I wasn't sure if I was mixing it up, but yeah, this is the game that had the NPC that's like the cybernetic old man, and it's like this super detailed face, but he's also like emaciated. Like it's yeah, it it's like I'm not totally sure what I'm looking at, but it looks really really cool. Something um, that's possibly too good to be true. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. And not to derail the conversation, but this, real quick, this is something I've thought about for like the past month. Grand Theft Auto 6, when that trailer came out, literally nobody was like, I I think this is all bogus. I don't think the game's going to look like this at all. Because 99% of games, if they look like that, that would be the case. But Grand Theft Auto and Rockstar is so much cultural cachet that they showed this absolutely insane thing. And more or less, we were all like, wow, that's amazing. I'm taking this at face value. It's going to look like that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Hopefully it does, because, I mean, that's their track record. Um, yeah. So, But anyway, that was just a quick aside. But um, Stellar Blade, like... I think of Korea as my second home from living there for a little bit, so I'm always rooting for them. Uh, I hope this game's good. <sighs> and apparently we have nothing to say about Rise of the Ronin. Other than it looks cool. I was trying to think about what other <laughs> games, because it said 15 plus, and so I was looking oh. at their website yeah. for like, what else could we see? Silent Hill 2, I know people are begging for um but like just listed on like the playstation website is like you know that dead by daylight one the casting of frank stone a uh, little devil inside uh, no rest for the mm. wicked plucky squire which i think we got we did get a release date for plucky squire right i, I think we did yes yeah, so. yeah i think so, so but like little devil inside i think uh that's never coming out yeah like <laughs> every once in a while people bring it up and it's just like we've seen like a little bit about it but yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that game has like a Duke Nukem Forever development timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you know, on that note, though, we actually probably do know uh, a substantial chunk of what's going to be there because the Xbox era guy, Nick Baker, he uh, apparently just went and leaked like at least half the show. Should we touch Damn. on them real quick? 
Do you want to know? It's well, he he didn't mention aside from like one remaster, he didn't really mention anything that we don't isn't already announced. So this won't be huge spoilers. I just feel like we're getting into the territory where like you know, like last year we saw multiple games over and over again, but they were talked about so far in advance that we have like initial release dates. I think mm. the Plucky Squire doesn't even have an official release date yet. But I know it was shown. I don't think so. Oh. Unless I'm missing oh. it. No, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, but well, I feel at least like Wikipedia anymore anyway only says 2024. Yeah, I feel like we're going to see stuff, but it's going to be stuff that we've already been shown before in some capacity. And maybe that's mm. that's what it feels kind of... I mean, it feels overwhelming that we have so many games coming, but it's also like pretty stagnant in terms of concrete release dates, release, mm -hmm. release dates without seeing them at you know, summer game fest GDC or, you know, the video game awards or whatever else mm -hmm. is coming these next coming directs, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Another real quick aside, isn't it wild how fortunes change? Like we're constantly complaining that Xbox has nothing on the horizon. All of a sudden they have a fairly concrete horizon and it's Sony yeah. and Nintendo. that are just this nebulous cloud right now. Yeah. So fortunes yeah, we really shift. We don't know what Sony's doing with games, and we don't know what Nintendo's doing with games or consoles. Yeah. <laughs> Big old question marks all around. Mm -hmm. Question um, blocks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Xbox era guy, he tweeted about it. Uh, this is actually yesterday, so it was before they announced it. But he said it would. he thought it would be on the 31st, which is correct. And he lists Rise of the Ronin. Uh, so... He did like this really lame, like cryptic tweet that's not really cryptic. He just took the words that are in the titles of these games and put yeah. them into sentences that make no sense. But it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so basically, Death Stranding 2, uh, Judas, um, and apparently uh, a Sonic Generations remaster that oh, will, yeah, I did will apparently that. add like shadow content. Huh. Uh, and this isn't to be confused with Zippo's game that he claims a new 3D Sonic and Shadow game is coming for the holiday season. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, yeah, but there's that. Uh, apparently Metro, uh, that Metro franchise will show up in some capacity. Uh, Silent Hill 2 likely. And that, that rumored Until Dawn PS5 version, it sounds like that will probably be there. Um so yeah, that's cool. Um, Solid PlayStation Camp stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think the the Death Stranding two people will be pretty happy. Um, I think I think you'd have to literally pay me in order to get excited for Death Stranding. But <laughs> I like Kojima. He's he's a lunatic, and we need people like him. So that's cool. I'm I'm looking forward to Death Stranding too. I liked Death okay. Stranding though. So that's good. Yeah, yes. I cannot tell you much about I the did. plot, but I really <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, and then there's that that Judas game that I think should actually be interesting. That's the uh, the long-awaited new game from uh, Bioshock guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Ghost Story games. Uh, that could that could carry it. Yeah, that could carry I mean, the showcase. I yeah, I was gonna say that could probably be a good closer. Um, I don't especially think if we find out if it's like exclusive or something. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, 
Yeah, gosh, like I'm looking at the Steam description for this game. They really don't want you to know anything. It's a narrative FPS and yeah, no, it's like barely one paragraph's worth of information. A dissenting starship, a desperate escape plan. You're the mysterious and troubled Judas. Your only hope for survival is to make or break alliances with your worst enemies. Will you work together to fix what you broke or will you leave it to burn? <laughs> That's all we know. Oh, cool. Got me hyped. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, looking to see if there was like uh, <clears throat> any like descriptions or anything on the Xbox or Microsoft store. Mm. There is. So I was wondering if it would be a okay. timed exclusive or something like that. Yeah. Or play early on PlayStation or right. Like yeah, a month I mean, or two of exclusivity. Yeah. There's always some BS. You can do like Spider Man and Avengers, like one random piece of exclusive DLC, et cetera. Which look so. how good that worked out. <laughs> yeah bazillions kind of, of dollars that yeah. weren't made uh yeah so uh i remember when they were saying like because judas was in development for several years before it had a name or was ever even shown like it was just like ken levine's secret project that never seemed to be announced but like the old like i think it was bloomberg reports were saying that like they were trying to make it like this really inventive narrative experience where like somehow like the story just keeps changing according to your decisions. And it sounded like mm. absurdly ambitious for what they were trying to do with a smaller than Bioshock team. So I have to imagine they've like really ballooned in size if they're doing anything approaching the original ambition there. Uh, but I guess we'll find out soon. I mean, if they're looking to hire people, I'm sure the industry has quite a few developers right now <laughs> yeah. looking for jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and how messed up is that? Oh, what a terrible, terrible industry. <sighs> but anywho. So from that, let's go on to a more depressing story. Rocksteady pulls Suicide Squad an hour into early access after players' games, quote, auto-completed. There was some sort of glitch where... People in like New Zealand, because it's like the first, it's like the beginning of the world to get access to stuff. Yeah. Uh, they fired up the game and just all of a sudden it was telling them they'd beaten the game <laughs> at launch. That's so, so weird. Yeah. Rock said he had to take it down to try and fix it. How do we feel about this development? <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst thing that could have happened as yeah. far as like, you know, launching in early access. It's just, oops you're, you're done congrats you didn't actually <laughs> yeah. get to play but congrats so it's better than like getting to play and finding out it's just a hot mess right. <laughs> i guess yeah i don't know. have to find that part out separately yeah <laughs> yeah you know you know it would suck though if it was like one of those times where you complete the game and get an, an achievement for it but they mm. got an auto achievement that says like Congrats, Superman's dead, or something like that. That you're like, what the fuck? That's what I was worried about. I was like, what if it somehow spoils the end of the game? But yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure we would have seen like screenshots and like all that stuff mm -hmm. if there was some sort of like major thing that True. was spoiled. So yeah, you yeah, you can get spoiled in the most unlikely of places. I remember, I guess this was 25 years ago when Star Wars: The Phantom Menace came out. My my oldest brother, his best friend, he was spoiled on a major plot point because it was the name of a song on the soundtrack. <laughs> oh. And he read the oh. soundtrack titles. Yeah. I think there was a song that was called something like The Death of Qui-Gon Jinn or something. <laughs> it's like, oh! <laughs> so you gotta watch those song titles. Isn't that kind of funny, though? Like, somebody 
I mean, it's not funny, like to if it was spoiled, but like I don't know. Maybe there's a little irony in it that like you paid to play the game early and get early access, and the entire <laughs> thing was spoiled before you even played it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So at least this is like a funny thing as opposed to like <laughs> business devastating. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I'm never rooting for any developers to fail, especially in this climate, but like this, this game, it's like watching like a slow speed car crash. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least nobody's dying, but there's kids <sighs> in the road. Stop. <laughs> You're gonna it's going hit so slow. There's time for the kids to move out of the way. <laughs> precisely slow-mo it is <laughs> all right next up embracer group like the the like voldemort of the video game industry like the evil empire uh <laughs> no the okay no they're they're the, like the sauron because they bought lord of the rings that's it <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> embracer group they canceled a deus ex video game and uh then Eidos had to come out and confirm layoffs afterward because this was all reported by Jason Schreier at Bloomberg and uh, Eidos Montreal confirmed that they laid off 97 people. Just another horrendously depressing day in our industry. How Good do you Lord. feel? How do you feel about knowing that you are not getting a new Deus Ex game and almost 100 people lost their jobs? Deus Ex is one of those game series that people keep telling me to play and that I've never touched. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't have, like, attachment to, like, that series. I know right. a lot of people that do, though. Mm -hmm. um, so, I'm bummed, but I'm more bummed about, here we go, just more people losing yeah. their jobs and in the industry that I'm in. <laughs> and everyone knows that the more people that lose their jobs, the easier it is to get a new job. Yeah. I'm so stressed. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> I'm interviewing yeah. places, but I am stressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is rocky days. Greg, I forget. You, you've you played some Deus Ex, haven't you? Oh No, no? I haven't. Oh, okay. But I, I've been around for the, the launch of the, the previous one, just because okay. I was just around it regularly. But man, that if that doesn't say something at the state of the about the state of the industry right now, mm. for a game to lose 97 people that were working on it and for it to close down after two years of development it's like right what? i didn't even mention that part right well yeah where are we going like yeah it's messy um so i've mentioned several times i've only actually played the original two deus ex games i haven't played any of the modern ones which have probably been played the most i never played human revolution and uh whatever that other one was i hear they're both good Mankind, I, yeah, mankind oh, divided. I think divided. I think something like that. I want to say I have them on PC, um, so I should play them sometime before Heat Death. I hope. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really a bummer. Just anytime any game gets canceled, especially one in a series that has like an enthusiastic following. I don't know what the sales numbers necessarily look like, but nevertheless, I think it um, generally uh, sells well. Yeah, I I thought at least Human Revolution sold pretty well. And I mean, of course, like decades ago when Deus Ex came out, that game was like a game changer. That was like a major immersive sim. Yeah. Uh, in the article that we have linked, it says, been critically, 
critically acclaimed and sold more than 14 million u- units worldwide. So mm, that's for the whole okay. uh, Deus Ex series. Right. So Damn, 14 were, million's a good number. That's not chump change. Yeah. yeah. That's they were more only than acquired. Power <laughs> <laughs> they were only acquired in 2022, which is wild to think about. Oh, that's right. It was recent. Yeah, because they, they, they took them from Square. Because Square loved all those developers, all yeah. the Western developers that disappointed them constantly for no real reason. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so I recently saw it explained that um, I always bring up Matt Piscatella, the Circana executive director guy, because he just knows more than everybody about video game sales in North America. There's North America. There's literally no one that knows it better than him because that's his job to know it the best. And, uh, he retweeted a guy, so I just assume it's accurate, because why would he retweet a guy who's wrong? He, uh, There was some guy who like asked rhetorically on Twitter, like, what's going on in the industry that all these people are being laid off, like, despite all these huge games coming out? And this dude basically said that when COVID hit, apparently there was like a big spike in consumer spending, like much larger profits. And prior to COVID, I guess... Uh, most game publishers were basically just predicting more or less 5% growth each year into perpetuity, like forever. But then COVID hit and all of a sudden there was this huge spike of like, I don't know, let's say like 30%. Um, I'm just going by like these hypothetical numbers really, mm-hmm. but um, uh, like 30%. And when COVID hit and they saw that huge spike, instead of the publishers thinking like, okay, this is awesome, but it's also probably temporary because of the extraordinary situation we're currently going through. Apparently, most of these publishers saw these huge new numbers and were like, this is the new normal, baby. Spend, spend, spend. We're going to have all this more money coming in, so we're going to invest in a million things. And, you know, we have Embracer buying up 100,000 companies at once. And that didn't happen. There was no infinite increase of huge margins after that. It basically went back to 5%. um, Again, going by like this napkin math. Um, so you have this huge discrepancy of like, let's say hypothetically 25% in the margins that they were expecting for profits. Uh, so now they've done all these investments and they're expecting all this money to come in immediately. And it's not there because nothing is selling to the extent that they expected. So now all of these layoffs are hitting because they've hired and they've grown all these things expecting all this money that never hit. Uh, that's like the the Cliff's Notes version, apparently, of what happened. And again, I take that on faith because Matt Piska uh, tell <laughs> he he retweeted it. <laughs> yeah, it's wild to me that like people who have much more knowledge about like financial trends than mm-hmm. I do would look at that spike and go like, yeah, this is permanent. This is the new normal (laughs) during a very not normal time of our lives. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, even like I, like me, a normal video game enjoyer during the (laughs) pandemic was just like, yeah, this isn't going to last forever. We're going to figure things out and, you know, go back to whatever normal is after this. But Mm -hmm. God, that's that is wild. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely bizarre. I think it also like paints a weird picture as like an observer or as like a consumer. You know, when you when you look at these companies making these big announcements, you know, we have games like, you know, Avowed, Fable, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
the last run whatever whatever is upcoming nintendo with potential <laughs> rise of the run yeah. <laughs> last Sorry, run ninja turtles <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, but then you you know you look at all these announcements nintendo's with a new console and like you you think that the the you you would think that the industry is heading in some upward trajectory because you know we're seeing announcements we're seeing games that are in development that have massive teams we're seeing new hardware we're seeing stuff like ces that just wrapped when you had a bunch of uh, nvidia product coming out razor has new um you know accessories coming out and you see all that happening but at the same time you see all these layoffs and it's it's like I think that's the part that I'm having trouble with is is like yeah you, you, there was this massive spike and we haven't really returned to nor- whatever the new normal is but like wh- is it just like are we in one of those years where you know there's a deficit of developers will it you know ramp down ramp up is it a big catch 22 is just just like the ebbs and flows of the the industry and it's like i don't even know anymore i don't even know what that looks like <laughs> i mean we don't have you know annual events that mark you know the start of the consumer year we don't really like nothing is in a normal cycle anymore it's like i feel like right. we're in the we're in the 90s and like the 24-hour news cycle <laughs> just started and <laughs> people are trying to understand it and i think that's happening to the game industry right now just it needs to fix itself <laughs> yeah yeah but. just from like things that i know i'm still like a strong believer of like the suits up top is what i call them like are so out of touch with the actual consumer base and they make so many decisions that mm-hmm. it's like you're an idiot if you think that that's <laughs> what's gonna work with the 2024 2023 last year like consumer base yeah <laughs> yeah live service that'll fix everything everything <laughs> needs a season pass i'm like in this economy <laughs> <laughs> you can't even yeah. afford to keep your developers on payroll what makes you think that the person yeah. the college kid working a fast food job is going to be able to afford 20 season passes yeah. <laughs> this is why we've all basically at this point like almost literally deified satoru iwata but like yeah. like not not even just that whole wii u era i'm slashing my pay in half because i don't want to lay anyone off like like that's legendary in the first yeah. place like yeah. that in itself is like putting him in the god tier but like even when you set that aside like then you remember he was also just a general all-around genius and like a, a god tier triple ace programmer who could do anything like he's yeah. the man who fixed earthbound like he helped with smash like his impact is just insane across the board in every conceivable way. I and like, highly recommend the book, the Ask I Wada book. Yeah, I've read it, and like, yeah. it's very short, it. but it's mm-hmm. it's so good, and it paints such a perfect picture of his mentality and like mm-hmm. his values and like what he wanted to accomplish and do in the game industry. Yeah, he like just. In every possible respect, he was just like an apex human being, like (laughs) strive to be Satoru Iwata in all aspects of life. And I think you yourself will become a better person in that striving. (laughs) Like that's that's my philosophical wisdom for the night. Uh, Yeah. So I think it'll be a while before we see him again. Yeah. It's like such a different era too. Cause like you said, you know, they're, you they're college kids out there that are just barely making enough money to, to afford, you know, a subscription, let alone multiple. Mm-hmm. And then I was, I was even just thinking about it this weekend. Like I love supporting my friends that have, you know, Twitch channels and, and things like that. 
But if you, you know, sub to two people you like, you sub to a Patreon for your favorite podcast, you have something like Spotify, then you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or Xbox Game Pass, you pay for Switch Online. That's like like just the entertainment stuff that isn't like movie or streaming channels. Mm-hmm. And it's like how much more do can the industry expect to gain from the same people? Like Right. It's just a big circle jerk at this point. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Kitten Krista is the only uh Patreon I have ever subscribed to for anything, ever. <laughs> and you know, there's there's like there's one more that I would like to someday when i have more income coming in and so that would be two patreons yeah <laughs> out of a I, million i like to subscribe to my friends twitch channels but like whenever i don't have as much income i have to like kind of like go down a bit on my sub <laughs> yeah. I have to be very choosy but then i take yeah. my prime sub and i just rotate it around to people <laughs> yeah same <laughs> so nice yeah, I don't even understand how that works. I just give it to GDQ each time the the twice a year mar- <laughs> marathon hits. So yeah, nice. <sighs> yeah. Next up, uh, we have Square Enix producer Yoshinori Kitase. Well, he's he's actually really high up in the company, but on Final Fantasy VII remake and rebirth, he's a producer, and he was uh, talking to a, a French outlet, uh, like a long French interview. Uh, about Final Fantasy and he was talking about the prospects of a Final Fantasy 6 remake and he said that it would take basically quote twice as long as remaking Final Fantasy 7 and that's too bad <laughs> but I yeah. understand where he's coming from because <laughs> uh, in in an interview uh, an official Square interview that was translated this was well, several months ago now but in my heart it was yesterday um it was some of the original creatives behind like old Final Fantasy, and he br- he mentioned it in passing there too. How he said there was people in the Square office that would just walk up to him and they're like, "So when are we remaking Final Fantasy VI? <laughs> so like the enthusiasm is there, but it seems on a practical level that like it would be kind of hard. Um, and he's he's talked about in the past before like why that would be so like. Final Fantasy VI, of course, was a Super Nintendo game. Um, Final Fantasy VII was at least a 3D game, albeit early 3D, so there was a template that they could elevate and lift from. Whereas, if you're going to remake a 2D game as like a AAA RPG, that's uh, that's a lot of new that's work. A, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I get it. Um, at the same time... And this isn't just like a rumor, like Gamatsu backs this up. There is apparently a Final Fantasy IX remake in development. Hmm. Um, And it sounds like it's not a Final Fantasy VII thing. It's not like a 20-year giant revamp. It sounds, so far at least, more like we redid the graphics to make it super pretty. It sounds like otherwise the bones of it's probably staying in place. Um, I guess Square thinks it'd be hard harder to do that with Final Fantasy 6 just because of having to make all those 3D assets. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of people, maybe me included, that would say, we'll take a Final Fantasy 9 remake style thing for 6, you know? <laughs> just make it 3D, give it another cool soundtrack remix and call it a day. Um, uh, I I just wanted to talk about Final Fantasy 6 because that game is part <laughs> of my soul. <laughs> uh Greg, you never played six, right? Mm-mm. 
Final Fantasy okay. is have not, you played any of them for me? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. No, that's fine. I played a little Mary, bit of have seven. You played... That's it. Uh, okay. Have uh, Have you played like anything other than like seven ish? Uh, I played ten. I played a ton of fourteen. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of fifteen. Oh, okay, right. okay. I'm trying to look at my backlog thing really quick. I know I put an older Final Fantasy game on there. <laughs> I could, it is six. I did mm. put six on there. Okay. Because that's one that people nice. tell me I really <laughs> need to play. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Ah. It's part. It's in my soul. I love four and five as well, but like, ah, oh, six. Ah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> like by 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 like the standards of the super nintendo era that story is like shakespeare like by modern standards it's still pretty good but if if you consider the fact that it came out in like not even like the mid 90s it was when when was was it 93 in the u.s and uh, I, I this is very important to me not to anybody right. else but okay <laughs> it was all right, 94. 94 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, it's 94 in both countries. Okay. So, yeah, 1994. A story of this imagination and quality is like, man, man, man. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I, if, if, if a Final Fantasy VI remake was the last thing that this guy ever made, like, I don't know, I, I think that'd be a hell of a way to go out. I don't know if he has 20 years left in the industry, honestly. He's probably in his he's probably in his early 50s right now. Check Yoshinori Katase. He's uh oh, he's 57. I mean, you know, Japanese people live a long time. He 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 can retire at 77. <laughs> you know? This guy was uh he was co-director on Final Fantasy VI. So like this is okay. another guy I have like tremendous respect for. Like Final Fantasy VII, yeah, 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 it's real good. Whatever. Six, though. He co-directed six. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. The future is unwritten. And, uh, yeah, tossing it over to Mary for the very <laughs> exciting say, last story. <laughs> I snuck this in at the last minute. Oh, I, I noticed. Like, this is fun. I was like, I have to. Yeah, so <laughs> as the one-woman unofficial marketing team of Arzette, the Jewel Affair you Award. Really <laughs> um, so they finally announced physical pre-orders, which I'm very, very excited about. Like, I saw, like, the big pretty picture. It looks like the actual, like, CD, pa- like, CDI packaging, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Like, I love the direction <laughs> they went with it. But what is absolutely mind-blowing is they announced a CDI controller, but it's going to work. It's USB, so it works for your Switch, and it works for PC, and it comes in uh, Fairmore Fuchsia and then gray, which is boring. Um, but I saw that, and I, like, screamed. I was like, they, I cannot believe they did that. Like, I... In my preview, made a jab at how awful those controllers are. I I don't own <laughs> the one that this one's based off of. I own two different mm. ones. They're both equally awful, though. <laughs> and here they are like, hey, if you want a true, authentic CDI experience in the year 2024, <laughs> there's a controller now for it. <laughs> Man. So, like, so this is a one-handed controller? Yeah. Wait, do I... Um, <laughs> fine. Like, 
Like, I, I've been staring at this controller a lot since you first linked it, but, like, it never actually registered in my head till now that this is a one-handed controller. Yeah, I I don't know where mine is. I'll share pictures in our Discord. But, okay. yeah, like, the one that I have Whoa, doesn't... you should join our Discord, everybody. Yeah, join anyway. Our Discord. You can see pictures <laughs> of a CDI controller. <laughs> Very um, But I have one that's kind of like that. It has, like... It looks like a very, very simple DVD remote. And then I have mm. the actual gamepad, which has <laughs> like three buttons on it. <laughs> this is crazy. Wow. So like you have to like walk and like kind of like stop to use an attack button or like you have to like roll your thumb to try to do both at once. So when I was playing it, I ended up kind of trying to do like, yeah, like the roll the thumb thing, but I ended up mm. finally just gripping it with both hands and like, okay, oh. I'm moving with this one and then trying to jump with this one. <laughs> I because see. the platforming is so awful <laughs> in original <laughs> CDI games. Gotcha. And there's too much platforming for a Zelda game. <laughs> so that's funny. Yeah, I mean, talk about passion projects. Like yeah, yeah. No kidding. Wowie wow. I'm yeah. and I think the controllers are like 35 or 40 bucks. They're not even okay. that expensive. Um <laughs> but like I was sharing it with like all the people that I know like over at Zelda Universe. I was like, "Okay, we're buying like 8 of them and we're going <laughs> to make our theme for our charity marathon. Everyone has to use only a CDI controller." <laughs> oh, that's nice. Tight. So yeah. No like... one is as excited as I am about that idea yet. Oh, that I believe. I'm, I'm going to work <laughs> on it. <laughs> I like on the tweet that you shared that somebody wrote, genuine question, can you play Smash on those controllers? And Limited oh, Run sure responded. Yeah, no, Limited Run responded, we tested, and boy, you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's... So, uh... It's going to be great to see what all people try to play <laughs> with this controller. True. I wonder if oh. there's like any, any like, like for whatever reason, it'll work good with like racing games. Cause there, there was that N64 controller back in the day that was kind of like that mm. where you could like tilt uh, it or I steer. It. it was behind a switch box. Ow. Ow. Talk That's some it. more so it shows up more. Like, there we go. It looks like a clicker to like a if you were doing a wow. PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, so like <laughs> like that's okay. what you you move with, and yeah, wow. I ended up like gripping it like this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Burn wow. it! Throw it in the fire. <laughs> okay, so the thing they're selling genuinely has more buttons. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So all right, it's wow. It is something. Yes, Pink, Pink's making a comeback. That. <laughs> yeah, I don't even like pink that years. much, but I will buy the pink CDI controller for our set. <laughs> well, the the Princess Peach uh, Joy Cons are coming out too. They announced those last oh, week yeah. uh, with like an obscenely beautiful photo that Nintendo yeah, yeah. the two up like, one the pretty yeah it's like so pretty and it's for Joy Con like it's, it's like one of the most striking images like I've ever seen shared on Nintendo social media. It's just PR for a, a Joy-Cons. Like guys, I think I have a problem. I like huh. like why I'm so obsessed with Princess Peach lately. I'm just like I've never purchased <laughs> another set of Joy-Cons and I'm like I have to get those. I don't I don't know what's happening to me. I have to get the game. I've been playing the other one and I'm like why do I want these Joy-Cons so bad? Cuz they're cute. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess love so. Them. 
as a real quick aside before we finish up news, I just wanted to mention that I, I mentioned a few weeks ago uh, there's a cosmic fantasy collection, these really old Turbo Graphics RPGs, one of which that never even been translated. Now it's getting a a modern release through Limited Run. It actually like kind of shadow dropped on the eShop already, and oh, that's wild. I think digitally it costs more than if you buy the physical standard <laughs> Limited Run, and it's very strange. What um, game is it? Uh, it's Cosmic Fantasy Collection. I think they just call it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Cosmic Fantasy Collection on the eShop costs $50, and if you buy a regular physical copy from Limited Run, it's $44.99. <laughs> okay. Very weird, yeah. So, like, now, like, I'm definitely buying the physical, so. Hell yeah. Uh, good job, Limited Run, I guess. I have no idea what the story is there, but uh, just thought that was interesting. All right, that does it for news. Now we have our questions from Discord. And if you have questions, by all means, join our Discord and ask us, and we'll answer them. So today we have a question from Beavis Christ, who continues to have the best name of anyone in our Discord server. Good job, Beavis Christ. He asks, how do you think the trend of games having to be bigger and bigger will develop? I think we're long past the point where some people had predicted a second market collapse. Will indie continue to rise in importance with some devs landing in the double A space? Fantastic question. Who has a smart answer? Um, I I'm not a, like I like big video games. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of them just being bigger and bigger and more expansive for the sake of being bigger. Like. Mm -hmm. I think we've seen, we've talked about it like a lot, um, like open world games that are so big, so massive, but they feel so empty somehow. Yeah. And a good example of, of course, I'm going to go to Baldur's Gate 3 <laughs> is it's not open world, but it is a massive game. Mm -hmm. And they did it like the correct way where there's so many different ways to explore an area like i can explore something one way someone else can be like oh i like did this instead you know um all the npcs are very um like well-rounded they don't feel generic they all feel like they are this individual npc character um mm -hmm. and then like as much as i love indie games i still don't think as many people value them as they should and I think it comes down to like people just not knowing smaller studios and smaller studios Absolutely. don't have the marketing budgets that AAA games do. So they can't spend all this money trying to market their game. They're too busy spending their money to make their game. Right, 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 right. To give like the simplest example in the world of what you're saying. So I'm in one K-pop discord and there was like a, a pixelated like little like fake video game in a random K-pop video. And someone was asking if it was a real game. And uh, well, it doesn't matter. But the long story short is cutting to the chase. There was a person who didn't realize basically that pixel games are still made. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I... I don't know what that person's like level of playing video games is, or at the very least, they didn't realize that like games with like like a really simple throwback aesthetic, like let's say not Atari level, but like maybe like just maybe sub NES level, 
like one of like those obscure computer games from like the early 80s that kind of style and there is people that still make that kind of game just because they wanna but like yeah this person didn't know that that was a thing so that's the yeah. uphill battle that indies are facing yeah like it's just hard to like spider-man it's a mystery yeah it's it's hard it's it's hard because like you know indie games are banking on it being like you know having having some driving force behind it you know they're they're not necessarily going to go make the next call of duty or first person shooter because i mean you could look at games that like undertale that did like crazy good numbers and was just like you know popular because you know the style it was created but mm. i it's like you, that will i don't think will ever go away but i think we're like i said mentioned when we were talking about the game industry uh, there's something's gonna change like there has to be i mean we're probably gonna see you know these companies snatch up all these game developers and then i mean go the route that we see maybe some of them going where they can't support all these studios and recoup that they either shut it down or sell it off and mm -hmm. I think in the next, I don't know, I'd say the next five years, like we'll probably see dismantling of, of everything that we've seen kind of built up over the last 10 years. It's like, there's too many big companies that own like all these studios and not every one of them's producing. And what are they going to do? Just continue to bleed money or put out mm -hmm. these like lifeless games that have, you know, no substance behind them. And then mm -hmm. gamers, gamers are the first people to sniff that out you know, right. right away, whether something's genuine or if it's just a big cash grab, you know, they, yeah. I, I, I think that, that that's, that's the direction we're heading in and it might not be the best thing for the industry. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's entirely possible that a lot of these big publishers will miraculously learn the completely wrong lesson for the hundredth time. Totally possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, with, uh, with Square, for example, they might be making the right move. They might not be, but they've already said basically that they're going to actually cut back on some of their mid-sized projects and kind of focus on like what sounds kind of more like you know Final Fantasy-ish games. Um, the safe bet. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that the smart thing to do? Maybe I don't know. The people that have their balance sheets is Square Enix, um, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but. So that that's one route that you can take. Another route is just to like not basically do the opposite, like not put all your eggs in this one basket of we're doing this like three hundred million dollar game or whatever. Like when with the the illegal insomniac hacks, like I, that already feels like an eternity ago. It was probably like a month and a half, if that. Uh, but we saw there just from like all those uh, like the licensing agreements, the unbelievable amount of money they were paying just to be able to use Marvel IP like these like it's it's crazy to think about how much money goes into making these huge games. And then they have to recoup these huge costs like we don't we don't know how profitable Horizon Forbidden West has been yet. That's an enormous game. And we don't know if it's is it a hit? <laughs> is it a really big hit? Was it a quiet hit? Like we don't we don't know. Like it's a lot of black a lot of black box numbers going on here. And it's like it's kind of hard to tell who's healthy and to what extent and for what reasons. Yeah, and it's like like you said, although a lot of the licensing agreements, like yeah, Spider-Man 
I mean, you can look at Spider-Man too. Like, did it sell gangbusters? I mean, it sold well, but the, mm. I think the the excitement for Marvel themed projects is is on the kind of decline right now. Mm. I mean, we saw it with the last last theatrical releases, and so it's like mm-hmm. even even that's starting to affect the industry. Like projections for games that are like five years in development that had hype behind the IP five years ago are going to release in you know, two, three years to come in the next two to three years to come. And that's probably not even going to be, you know, the excitement behind those games mm-hmm. isn't probably going to be what it could have been, you know, years ago. And I think that's also, you know, a factor. And it's like, we're the entire landscape is changing, whether that's like, you know, streaming products, digital streaming products, physical products, like whatever that is, like I, there's so much uncertainty right now. I don't, I have, mm. I have like no idea what's going to happen to the the industry in the next coming years, but yeah i don't have a good feeling yeah 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 it's like i think things are probably gonna get worse before they get better which is horrible because things are real bad they were real (laughs) bad last year and we haven't gotten out of january yet but things so far are looking worse this year yeah it's a question of how long is that gonna go on and i mean with I I hope that PlayStation will at some point just quietly renege on the whole we're doing 10 live service games. Because what they're saying is we're burying 10 bodies. Like, whatever these games are, none of them are going to succeed. Quote me on it, John Frischer, January 29th, 2024. None (laughs) of those 10 live service games are going to make it past two years in a meaningful way. Agree. Um, So, like, I just just hope that Sony's like, hmm. Never mind. Let's just go back to making something real good that we know how to make, which is what Naughty Dog's doing, to be fair. Like, it took them way too long to decide that they weren't going to be a live service company, but they made that big decision. So good for them. Um, I feel like that takes away money still from like indie indie projects that they could be developing. Like the money oh, yeah. that the, the money and resources that they're now putting into live service games is what they mm-hmm. would have been putting in to develop their indie scene you right. know, 10, 10 like, years ago. Right. So like basically you're saying they could be making a bunch of Dave the Divers the way that Nexon did. Yeah. Yeah. Nexon billion dollar company and they tricked everyone into thinking that Dave the Diver was this little indie project. But... <laughs> or, you know, like like games like Pizza Tower or I remember uh, Indivisible. I think that had a PlayStation exclusivity a few years back. But like the, that's what like makes standout titles in the industry, not like mm. Call of Duty 27 and my Nicki Minaj skin, like big whoop. <laughs> Now, Nicki Minaj skin. Did you mean that literally? Both. <laughs> I want to live inside her body. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like when it comes to the indies. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, we might get to this awkward point where, like, we kind of the game devs and like the fans might have to like literally create like this symbiotic like relationship slash like promise even like like we might have to like foster some sort of like literal community of like communication between like the little guy devs and like the actual fans to like Mm. build like 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 a community that like people it's like actually has visibility is what i'm getting at like we know there's a million games on just like kickstarter (laughs) i mean that's what people try to use it for but yeah i mean like i don't know events like like 
packs where they're able to go and like showcase in front of like a ton mm. of people. Uh, their game is like a good like it's something that like gives me hope. Um, when I mm -hmm. went to TwitchCon this year, there were like indie game meetups, <laughs> like so people mm. who are just passionate about indie games could go. And I came in at like the very tail end of once I wasn't able to be there for the whole thing of it. But like I'm like ideally, hopefully, maybe like developers are able to go and be like, "Hi, what kind of indie games do you like?" Well, I'm working on one that's kind of like this. Here's a little mm -hmm. card or something that's a QR code where you can go wishlist it or something like. So there's yeah. like events like that that give me hope that kind of fosters that community aspect that you're talking about. But mm -hmm. yeah, like at the end of the day, they're they're competing with the AAA companies for the big marketing yeah. dollars and like all the ad space and the, you know, big giant web page ads on all the websites that supposedly people don't read anymore, but people still spend an obscene amount of money yeah, putting a right. huge ass final fantasy ad <laughs> on a website. Yeah. <laughs> totally true. Yeah. Uh -oh. So yeah, it's hard. We'll see less and less cupheads. I mean, probably. Yeah. That's, an accurate and depressing way of describing it. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Switch 2 will magically fix everything, and this time next year we'll all be living in Utopia. Who I knows? So. Yeah. <laughs> Tall order. <All> right. <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right, so we got three minutes, but uh, what do you, you want to do? Uh, we can restart and just kind of go through our games. Okay. Yep, that's fine with me. I mean... We know I have one topic of conversation. Yeah, and I want I want to hear about it. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, I'll see y'all back in just a minute. Cool. All right, and to uh, close things out, we're gonna talk about the games we're playing. Let's start this time with ladies. Let's start with Mary. With me, ladies. <laughs> um. So surprisingly, I've got quite a few things on my list. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> so I beat Stray. 10 out of 10. Everybody Damn, that play was it. Wow. It's a short game. Yeah, it's mm. uh pretty short. Uh I think I beat it in like two or three streams. Um I didn't 100% though. I did miss a couple little things, but I feel like I might go back and just pick those up and make it a nice even 100%. But <laughs> I loved it. It was it's so good. And like we were just talking about indie games. I'm like sometimes you just need that short sweet experience you know <laughs> this is a, right. one of those perfect examples mm -hmm. um right. i also oh sorry go on i was just gonna ask that that was annapurna right annapurna yeah and yeah yeah, annapurna. yeah they're good for that sort of thing um and then i also beat maneko's night market i've been playing it on game pass it's cute it's kind of glitchy. <laughs> mm, okay. I, I hate saying that because it's like, you know, it's just a cute, cozy little indie game. But I liked the story. I liked uh, the little night market experience, like crafting the items to sell, watching everything grow and expand and new people joining. Um, but yeah, some oh, of the glitches. It's really pretty in screenshots. Yeah, like I really, really like the art style. And one of my favorite things is the water in the fishing area and just the little movement of it. It looks very storybook like. Yeah. So, but yeah, like just pop up of, book. Yeah. But mm. some of the glitches were just very, very inconvenient at times. Mm. <laughs> so, okay. But altogether, maybe, I think it was maybe a good it was experience. made by the uh, Marvel's Midnight Devs, like their, their friends maybe. or something. <laughs> uh, 
And then I did get to play the new Cult of the Lamb content. It's uh. <laughs> it's wild. It's so, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> A lot of mating? Uh, Only when I tell them to okay so there was but, yeah there were there was though we, we have a couple eggs now they 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 make an egg and then you have to hatch it um and then it actually hatches into a little baby and like i was out doing a run and it was like the baby as no one was neglected like no one paid attention to it i was like i have to go and actually like pay attention to it why can't my followers pay attention to it <laughs> um but yeah the first thing hmm. i did was i you know i have the twitch integration so my twitch chat actually have little characters and my cult and i was like all right we're doing the nudist <laughs> thing <laughs> everyone's doing the naked dance <laughs> so but cool. it's it's great it's fun um that's amazing yeah <laughs> and then it, they have like the little bar now where you can make like alcoholic ish beverages and two of them got into a bar fight so <laughs> had to break that up then one of them puked everywhere had to clean it up you know just just cult leader problems <laughs> um, as one does and then i'm trying to finish super mario rpg before this friday when persona 3 comes out Good i have Lord. three more stars to get people are giving me hope they're saying it's not a very long game um but okay. i love Where are you at right now uh the sh the pirate ship area mm. i think okay. i just got Ooh. to it yeah and you still got a good good chunk a good okay. chunk yeah yeah but yeah. she's more than half isn't she I think she's about half. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll be able to. Are, are you just starting the pirate ship? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It goes on. It. I'd probably say it's like one of the more lengthy sections. But okay. Yeah, I think after that, then it will be a little, little bit more than halfway. Okay. I might be able to. We'll see. I, I have faith, kind of. But <laughs> I, I will say about like just this art style, I want to see every Mario game ever continue in this art style specifically because it's so cute yes <laughs> it's please. adorable and it's beautiful like all of a sudden you get like the little uh little cinematic whenever you do like the triple attack and i'm like look at him go and it's just so pretty and <laughs> when mario gets the one of the little stars his little tiny hands the way that he just holds them up and it's, <laughs> it's so cute uh that is probably my one complaint eventually. I didn't like Mario's design in that game. Really, I love oh, really? it. I thought he was like too like a, his like limbs. I think are just too short. He's just a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That uh, sounds like you hate short people. Yeah. This is also true. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, there's only a few that are that are shorter than me. So <laughs> I forget how tall are you again. I'm like five, five, seven. Okay. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> We're not a wildly tall podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all the same height. Okay. I'm, I'm almost five, eight. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're, you're the tall one. I am. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I've just been playing seven days to die. Like all day Saturday was just me and like two other friends just in our little server 
exploring, causing chaos, trying not to die. We found a bear, had a rematch with a bear because when we first started, <laughs> we found one and got completely wrecked and now we can fight bears successfully. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Is it just a regular bear? They didn't like make it a nonsense zombie bear? Uh, I think there are zombie bears. We just haven't oh. found one yet. Uh, okay. This is just a normal bear. <laughs> okay. Personally, that sounds much more dangerous to me. <laughs> A well-fed bear versus a zombie bear. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then I think we're over to Greg. Yeah. Finally got some new stuff under my belt this week. How about that? Uh, so, yeah, I started playing a little bit through uh, Hellblade. Um, definitely not the game I thought it was. I thought it was a little bit more on rails and don't remember it being so hands-on but i don't didn't remember any of the combat to it and um it's very surprising for a game that's like 18 gigs there's there's a lot lot of um design polish the animations facial animations storytelling i'm enjoying every every bit of it so far and super glad it's on game pass um but it did not save my old save file from I, I don't even know when i played it but i remember i played a little bit of it but definitely not to the extent that i've reached right now so i think i'm going to continue streaming that for the week um really enjoying it like i said and looking forward to its sequel um picked up pal world although it's mm -hmm. kind of bummed because uh we i have game pass ultimate but my wife bought it on steam and so we went to play with each other and there was a mismatch in game versions because I got it on Game Pass on PC and it was like the 1.2 something update and she was already on the the one right above it. Oh, so geez. she couldn't even join the party. So I was like, Ugh. so I ended annoying. up just, Yeah, so I ended up just buying it on Steam so it'll stay up to date, even <laughs> though I do have a separate save on, on Xbox. Mm. But um, really enjoying it. Surprised how much I'm enjoying it. I think it's because it does feature combat along with, you know, collecting Pokemons or <laughs> those types of monsters. But um, yeah, there's like all sorts of stuff you can do. And like the tutorials super lengthy and it gets you, you know, well acquainted with the area, but I didn't know there was things like dungeons to go jump into and uh, raids on your camp and, and like different, um, you know, there there's, you can see the, the much stronger, you know, monsters out in the, out in the world that are, you know, 50,000 levels above you. And like, mm -hmm. but it gives you something to look forward to is like, you want to invest your time in your, in your camp and build it up and, and go fight and capture those monsters. But I do, I do um, the ease of, of multiplayer. I do want to highlight, you know, it was pretty, pretty easy just to send her the, the game code um for the the map that we created the only mm. downside to that is if i leave the map that she's in even though i created it and we're both online in the same we merged like um whatever our uh, guild is but if i leave it boots her out of the game too which i'm just like whatever i i feel like that <laughs> should be an option um you know for the other person to stay in or just be able to boot up the world if you merge them in, at any point right. but right um again enjoying it i i think it it'll continue to build um in steam and and if you know more people if they add additional content to it which you know there's there's small things i pointed out and um as well that my wife pointed out 
um, that could be added, but we'll see how that goes in the future. And then last but not least, continue playing Apex Legends. The Final Fantasy event's almost no over. Way. And Super Prince... Uh, actually, I got the highest I've ever reached in, in leveling up in, in my grind in Apex. Oh, dang. Where, 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 are we we at? where are we at? Pl- platinum. Platinum. Oh, shoot. So a lot of grinding to get there. Um, um, having still a good time with it. Um, and then lastly, still chipping away at Super Princess Peach. My voice is pretty much gone, but that's because I don't really talk to anybody and play a lot of video games over the weekend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, as we discussed, Princess Peach is like very unique. Like, yeah. And it's, and it's just cute. Like, it's a pretty game. Yeah. I, 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 like I said before, it's, it's very much in the like Yoshi's Island art style but mm. that just makes it even more different and unique and yeah there, like are, there is a lot of yeah there's a lot of stuff buried in in each of the levels and then the bottom screen when you enact your abilities also has animations when you find stuff or mm. unlock certain things and and i really enjoy it for that nice like even though we're about to get a new peach game like i would still very happily take a super princess peach too yeah like, like treat them like the Mario games. Why right. not? Exactly. Three D, two D. All right. Looks like we're at me. You're never gonna believe what I've been playing <laughs> since Friday. Prince like of Persia. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, the biggest Ubisoft fanatic on the podcast. <laughs> no, I've been playing like a dragon, infinite wealth. The game of my dreams. <laughs> As Brett was joking, it's my my every six month Yakuza game. <laughs> like give or take. Like, I mean it's not completely wrong. Uh, but no, this is it's just basically everything I was hoping it would be. It's um so the the game that got me started and hooked on this franchise was Yakuza Like a Dragon, the, the seventh game in the series. And this is the eighth one like a dragon infinite wealth and it's it's a straight up direct sequel um so if if you've heard all the awesome buzz about this game and i see some people asking can i just jump in at infinite wealth you can and it will get you up to speed but like it's still like starting star wars at empire strikes back instead of a new hope so like if you're interested in the franchise i'd strongly suggest you just try yakuza like a dragon first especially because it's on sale for like 10 bucks like almost all the time now like, it's really not much of an investment, and it's a much cheaper way to start the series than buying Infinite Wealth. Uh, that being said, the combat in Infinite Wealth is, like, a huge upgrade. Um, I'm I'm, uh, I'm at the... Chapter 3 just ended, and I just turned it off. Like, I haven't even physically started Chapter 4 yet. Um, so I'm not, I'm not far into the story at all, because I think it's 14 chapters in total, and... I haven't even unlocked like there's like different job classes for your party. I uh, I haven't done that yet. Greg, you're alive, right? All right, yeah. just making sh- no no no. I, just making sure <laughs> that the screen. I was afraid that you that everything had frozen and I had like no evidence <laughs> that I wasn't talking to nothing. So I'm just glad that you're there. I'm glad that you're both there. I'm, he- I'm right. here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I I haven't even unlocked classes for like the like different jobs for the characters yet. So. I guess you could say I've only actually seen like 20% of what the combat has to offer, but even oh, wow. in that, 
in that 20% though, it's already like a dramatic upgrade from the previous game. Like the previous game, it has like lots of like funny and like frilly extras attached to the combat. But at the end of the day, it's basically like kind of a classic Dragon Quest combat. And I love that. So I, it's not a complaint for me, but it might get a little old for some other people. Um, but in this game, all of a sudden, like positioning really matters. In in the past game, the previous game, your characters kind of just walk around on their own and it's more or less automated. And like where they're standing usually, not always, but usually doesn't matter that much. In this new game, Infinite Wealth, there's actually like like a like a an area within which you can move your characters. I think it's a little bit it's a little bit like the most recent Mario and Rabbids in that regard, I think, which I haven't played. So it's not actually like that game, but closest comparison. <laughs> um so like now it's there's kind of like a strategy RPG element in a light way. So like if you're really close to an enemy, you get what's called a proximity bonus. So like you might do more damage or it might even slightly change the nature of your attack. So with one character, if he uses a strong basic move and he's close to the, the guy he's beating up, he actually just picks him up and throws him and it does ridiculous damage. <laughs> and uh, there's so there's like a bunch of little new considerations and it's, it's not so much micromanaging that you're like, oh, all right, I got to go to this spot and do this thing for the millionth time or else I can't execute X, Y, and Z. It's not like that. It's like it's a bunch of little things that intuitively make sense and you just kind of roll with it and it makes content, uh, makes the combat feel more like spontaneous uh, and like a little bit more like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dynamic. It feels mm -hmm. more dynamic. Um, so like I recently just did a fight where it, uh, the enemies were really tough, but they were also all weak to fire. And it just so happens that like there was like one corner where there was a bunch of items that were fire element. So if your dude is standing near that, you can just automatically pick that up and then they'll run over and like beat the guy with the fire thing. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> and there's a lot of like little considerations like that. And just it really enriches the combat in such a big way because I feel so much more involved in the combat in a way that I wasn't before. Like so far and away the biggest upgrade in this game is just the combat it's it's a lot better and i liked it in the previous game so the fact that i can say like so hardcore like this is astronomically better it just aids so good job rgg on that front um so i'm i forgot to check how many hours i've put in like i think i put in like five hours friday and like 10 on saturday <laughs> Jeez. <And> like, <laughs> like give or take and then like another three to four on sunday and i haven't played to today monday yet um and so again like i've only done the first three chapters i've been going really slow and just like every time i see anything new on the map i'm like what's that and i go and check it out and like i i just enjoy looking at every little thing and like picking up every little thing and like i'm i'm definitely not gonna 100 the game i'm not that kind of player i'm not gonna put 200 hours into this but like i'm just loving soaking it all in and uh, by chapter two, I think you're you're in Hawaii. So like the game takes place in Hawaii in Japan and they recreated a freaking chunk of Hawaii. I guess this is just how Hawaii looks. That's how RGG is. They're amazing. Uh, so that's fun exploring Hawaii. It's hilarious that in the story, in the main storyline, they try to explain who can speak English and who can speak Japanese. And like, there's like, some semblance of logic of how these people can talk to each other.
But the instant you're in the side quest, it makes no sense whatsoever. And magically, everyone can speak Japanese. <laughs> like, there's like a little white boy at a lemonade stand, and he instantly is speaking fluent Japanese to you, explaining his <laughs> problems in life. <laughs> and so, like, I just roll with it because, you know, it's it's like a dragon. Like, I love it. Um, so, what, it's really what, uh, what, like, year in time like is, is this taking place? Uh, I It's probably 2023. Um, it's huh. like these games try to stay current as much as possible. And I, I even read an interview recently where like, it's something I hadn't even thought of. Like the, the head of the studio explained it, like they rushed to get these games out as fast as possible. Like not just for like sales and shareholders, but because they purposely try to make the games as topical to the current situation as possible. Gotcha. That's so if they, if they delay the game by six months, something that's really current now might feel like antiquated and like just kind of boring. So, like, real quick example, in Like a Dragon Gaiden, which came out mm, three months ago, four months, I don't know, there was a there was a whole side quest just about using, like, AI on phone apps to, like, help you win a date. <laughs> and wow. it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. The whole franchise is filled with, like, unexpected surprises like that. Um, And I've already started running into things like that in Infinite Wealth, too. Like, uh, a big part of the plot is... um um. Uh, what do you call them like vtubers basically huh. like that's like a major part of the plot and i have no idea where that's gonna go yet i'm really curious to find out uh like a vtuber really screws up your life early in the game <laughs> it's brilliant brilliant so yeah i don't know um where i left off there was actually like a a devastating cliffhanger that made me horribly depressed so oh, that no. that further incentivized me to turn off the video games <laughs> but I'll I'll get back to it tonight. Um, so you know, I I guess to summarize my my long rambling description, I'm I'm loving this game to death. It's basically everything I expected it to be. And like again, the highlight so far is just that the combat's really better. And I can only assume that that's only gonna keep escalating as I actually unlock classes and can see like the other eighty percent of the combat. We shall see. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. I will I will warn real quick that the beginning is like a slow burn. It's like the slowest start to a game since like Yakuza 3. Because it the start of the game just spends a lot of time on the main character's love life. <laughs> mm. And it's it's highly enjoyable and like pretty funny at times, and there's a lot of ups and downs. But uh, you know, just uh uh for for the last two Yakuza games, especially Yakuza Like a Dragon and Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, like these games are so extremely committed to their story that like they're not afraid to just put you in a long cinematic and like that's it. Um especially Yakuza like a dragon. Actually, Infinite Wealth is a little better about getting you back into the combat and like actual gameplay uh faster, but um if you, if if you want a story-centric game, like this is the thing for you. Like the story does never gets the backseat in these games. It's always highly story centric, even with all the other stuff still being really good. So uh, give me $10 Sega for promoting this game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that does it. If you've uh, stuck around this long, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we're on all the different pod services. So whatever you're listening from review us, give us five stars, a thumbs up, a crisp $20 bill in our pockets, whatever whatever you got, we'll take it. Um, and a kick have, in the pants. There you go. If you have less than 100% positive things to say, 
please don't tell anyone. We don't want to hear about it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thanks again for hanging out with us. Hit up our Discord. It's uh, I think it's at the top of the description on the video. Uh, we'd love to hear from you sincerely. That's not just uh, me saying things. We like to hear from people. It uh, makes our lives yeah. better. Yeah. Very chill, very cool group we've got going in Discord. It really is, yeah. Like, we have really, really good guys. We were even talking about it outside of the podcast, like, a week ago. Like, just how cool these people are. So, like, yeah. if you're already in the podcast, uh, in the Discord, thank you. We enjoy having you there. We appreciate it. Come join us. Uh, that's it. So, uh, yep. <laughs> yep. You gotta yep. do it. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Stay classy, safe, I don't know. <laughs> and until then, remember to press X. Yes.